y'all. Welcome back to the Dope Mom Alone podcast. I am your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 337, I'm inviting back to the show Melanie Shankle and Sophie Hudson, the dynamic duo, the hosts of the Big Boo Cast. If you want them to talk to you, you have to start listening when they're really young. Like they need to know that you're listening to them. And that may be, you know, when they're, you know, six and they're wanting to tell you about last night, I had a dream and what happened was there were candy canes and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh my God, like, like it stop. But it's like, you don't have to listen forever. Cause I also think balance and you want to say, Hey, you don't want to be the person at a dinner party telling the story that somebody has given you three. Wow. That's amazing. And they're really telling you to wrap it up. So like, mm-hmm. There's a balance, like they need you're engaged in listening to what's going on in their world, even at an age when it doesn't interest you. Cause I will tell you, they hit about 13 and you're going to be real interested in what's going on in their world and they need to feel like they can talk to you. Um, and so I think that listening was always super important. Like I'm, I'm here to listen to what you have to say and what's happening in your world. Cause that matters to me. Melanie and Sophie have each been on the show separately. And Melanie was actually episode 12 for me. It's raw, y'all. It's real. <laughs> grown a lot since episode 12. And Sophie came on episode 58. And then Melanie was back on the show right before the pandemic. And I'm sure it's pretty humorous, like all the things we probably were so confident about. We were talking about navigating friendships, which then we were all isolated. Whatever. Uh, So today they are on the show together and it is such a joy. The reason why I invited them both is back in May, I had such a good time talking to Erin Moon and Courtney Cleveland about motherhood and just playing off each other was a blast. And so I wanted to do that again. And this time I'm inviting gals who have mentored me a long time. We blogged together. They have written so many books and they are so wise. If you are a mom who has an only child, you are also gonna love the end of our conversation. They kind of address that. They get asked about that a lot. They each have um, one child and all of the thoughts around that. So it's really encouraging. Let's get right to it. Here we go. See, see how it did that? It's very fancy. I think Mm -hmm. that's the same legacy. I mean, the the (laughs) pandemic legacy is that little thing because I just think a lot of people got on Zoom and didn't realize that somebody could record that thing. And you just and then you don't, you don't know, know how that might come back. You don't yeah. know how that's going to. That's right. It might circle back around on you a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. So now we have mm-hmm. to inform people. And we have to let yeah. people know you are mm-hmm. being recorded. You so. are being recorded. Well, and that's a piece of advice I gave Caroline Shankle from the time she was little bitty that I said, you need to assume you're being recorded at all times. <laughs> okay. At all times. A lot times. of pressure in it on these kids. Yeah, I but feel. it's true. It it's is true. Yeah. I mean, you, you just be. don't know. Yeah, that's it. And it could ruin your life. <laughs> be smart. <laughs> like 20 years from now, it can mm-hmm. ruin your life. There's no, it's a footprint forever. That's right. Yep. See, this is where I learned from you. And that's why you're here. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. My oldest just turned 16, which that's a whole thing. Okay. A whole yeah, situation. it is. So I, you're, a, you're a little ahead of me, both of y'all like steps. And so when you would write online, I'd be like, oh. I don't feel alone. So there you go. You're my original don't mom alone internet friends. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for just like helping me this awesome. whole time. What a, what a joy. We didn't <laughs> know we were helping Heather. You know, 
it's for the one, right? And this, yeah, there you go. It's all worth it it for me. Yeah, it's all worth it for me. So I thought this is, you know, I want to enjoy my show. I want moms to have a good time. I want to hear from you because y'all are, you're not done. Your mom's forever. Yes. But this whole like having people in your home every day and melt, don't, it's okay to cry. Yeah. I like crying. If Mm -hmm. you cry, it's going to be okay. We can use this as a grief session, but we can also laugh through it. It can be a joy, you know. So tell us, like, as you're reflecting on this whole journey, do y'all have some superpowers that you've gained? (laughs) Do you feel, are you giving yourself enough credit yet that you did some things right? You know, I was just, yeah, I was just texting with some friends this morning and we all have kids that are in college this year. And we said, I think our number one principle, because we were saying we each heard from our three kids last night and our, the lasting principle is don't overreact to anything. (laughs) Like, don't get too excited. You need to just hit that middle road Mm of, huh, that's interesting. Tell me more because once they sense your eagerness, it's like a dog (laughs) sensing fear, you know, and, and they're going to shut down on you and you're done. So it's like, no matter what they tell you, you just have to go, huh? So that's interesting. Like, tell me more about that. So I feel like that is, I did feel like I really have mastered that over the years. And if I have a superpower, it's that I can pretend like I'm just coloring by number on my phone while internally screaming (laughs) at a situation that's going on, but actually, like I'm breezy. I'm so yeah. easy. Doesn't, doesn't affect me at all. Monica. Yeah. I'm easy. Yeah. I'm breezy. Yeah. I'm breezy. breezy. Her yeah. middle name is nonchalant. nonchalant. <laughs> That's Melanie. But th- that is a superpower of a nine in general is like keeping it all in and not yes. reacting. I'm this four who's like, what? what did they say? <laughs> so I could learn from y'all. I'm just going to no. pull it in. Okay. That's good. That's a good one. That is good. Way to go. I, I think that I, I'm, I'm generally a half full person. So I think just the ability to, I I feel like as a mama, I have been consistently encouraging. Now there are certainly been parts and times where I've not, but for the most part, I'm usually like, whatever you want to do, I'm all in, you know, if you want to try something, okay, let's do that. Like, I, I, I think generally I have been just willing to sort of as far as Alex goes, and he's a senior now, just whatever he felt like was the next best thing. Okay. And that's worked out pretty well, honestly. It's just to not overthink things too much. And like Melanie, I think it is the non superpower to just, I can remember one time he told me something, he was in junior high and he told me something and I sat here and I could feel, it was like, I could feel the blood leave my head and start to drain like into my lower body. I was like, okay, just give me a second. And I, I went to the bathroom and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I just, I walked back out and was like, so anyway, like you were saying, you know, you just can't give them too much in terms okay. of, of reactions. Mm-hmm. This is so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Especially the teenagers, because the emotion can only come from one place. Like you yeah. can't have, you can't have mom and teenager in high emotion. It just, it's no. only going to, going to result in fire and explosion. And so, especially when they become teenagers, you really just have to just, I don't know, internalize it, internalize it. I'm not freaked out. Look at me again, breezy. Mm-hmm. We're nonchalant. Hmm. Yeah. How about that? 
Mm-hmm. And then you can go lose it in the privacy of your closet or wherever. Yeah. And you're not like over advising is what I'm hearing too. Cause yeah. that's no. where I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. learning to zip it on mm-hmm. the, well, that's stupid. Like you can't say that. Yeah. And it's hard to over advise when they know so much, Heather, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> they know uh-huh. so much. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, yesterday I was called out because they were talking about somebody and I said, you know what, guys, it just never serves anyone well when we talk about someone and they're not here. And they're like, you talk about people when they're not here. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm never doing it again. And they said, oh, yeah, oh, God, and you're never going <laughs> to do it again. I'm like, gosh, this yeah. is hard. I feel like I have a, you know, peanut gallery, always analyzing everything. You I do. do and mm-hmm. You do. Back to me of all this yeah. overcorrecting. We just had one and you, you got four, like yeah. taking notes. It's like a gang. It's like living with <laughs> a street do. gang. They do. They do mm-hmm. gang on me. Yes. Gang up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I need to learn from y'all a little bit of hold it in, keep it in. But then if you act that way, I'm guessing they will come to you with questions of like, Hey mom, I'm in the situation. What would you do? Because they trust you that you're not overly informing them. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I felt like, I mean, we call it like not helicopter parenting. We call it houseplant parenting, which is you just sit there like a houseplant. <laughs> like you just sit there and you wait and you have to know that it's usually going to come at like after 11 at night. So just you're back to the newborn, no sleeping phase, because I would just sit because it's going to happen either after they finished all their homework and they've done all their stuff. And it's like that nighttime, you know how we all get, like you get in bed and things get quiet and then you get the mom, like, here's what happened or whatever. And so I do think that the more, because I learned that with Caroline where once I started and, and Perry did it, my husband, and he meant well, because, you know, men are fixers. She would start talking about something. He'd be like, well, what you need to do is da, 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 da. And I had to say like, quit telling like that. She doesn't want to know what to do because she knows more than we do. You know, she just wants to vent and air. And a lot of times what I learned is she would come in and dump a problem and I would just listen and be like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we just need to kind of pray about that and think about it and whatever. And then if I would wait like a day or two, like let it sit when she's kind of mellowed a little bit and emotions aren't as high and then come back and said, you know what? I've been thinking about what you said about whatever. And maybe this might be a good, whatever. She was so much more willing to listen long after the fact than in the moment. Cause in the moment and, you know, boys may be different, but with girls, it's just that immediate, like emotional, I've got to get it all out and I've got to rant. And in that moment, she does not want me to hear. She doesn't want to hear me say, well, maybe we need to forgive them and whatever, because right now. That is not going to go over well at that point. But two days later, she may receive it with a little more grace and understanding. Grace and grace. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm sitting here thinking as Melanie's talking as, you know, the mama of a a boy. Yeah. I think so. It's so difficult sometimes with him because he'll handle something and it's like to him, it's done. So he's not going to sit in the emotion of something for super long. And that's just his personality, I think. Um, So sometimes it's, it's almost like if I bring it up again, it's like he has to access this long forgotten memory and it happened two days ago, you know, but it's a little trickier sometimes, I think with the boys, not with all boys, but with some boys to get them to, to dig a little deeper emotionally because they can, you know, they can settle something and, and keep moving and girls can too. I know girls with that same personality, but 
It's just golly. It's it's like you know those movies where there's like a, a some sort of museum heist and they have all the red lasers running across, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like trying to crawl in between those lines sometimes, trying to to get to them at a time and a place where they're willing to really talk about something and really think about something and where you can have like the deeper conversation of, well, what do you think the Lord would have you do in this situation? That's man, that's hard work. That's hard work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bring in Jesus. In and it. I think Sophie, well, and I think Sophie brought up a point, which I think is so true. And I, you know, we've all just talked about our Enneagrams and, you know, I get that it's not a perfect system, but like, to me, when I had Caroline take an Enneagram test, when she was probably in about seventh grade, and when she <laughs> tested as a hard eight, okay. that helped me so much in my parenting, just to kind of have that guide of like, I, I knew that about her, but it really helped equip me for like, this is how I have to handle, which my husband is also an eight. So I was like, oh, I have to handle her like I handle her dad. And so mm-hmm. it just gives you a guideline. And I think especially like for you, like having four kids, like when you got a lot like to know, they're all going to respond differently to yeah. stuff. And it's like to figure out like for which child, okay need to handle this with them. And then this is going to be very different from how I handle it with the next one. So I think that Enneagram, there's something to kind of knowing that about your child. Cause like Sophie said, like Alex's personality is going to be so different than Caroline's in terms of, you know, boy, girl and personality traits and all that stuff. This podcast is sponsored by better help. One thing I bring up over and over again in my book is getting professional counseling. And maybe you've been hearing it from people online or some influencer you follow is talking about their therapist. I want to free you up and help you out. And that is with BetterHelp because they will assess your needs. They're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Here is the great news. You don't have to worry about childcare. You don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room wondering who's going to see you go into therapy. Anything that is a barrier to entry for you, that shame is keeping you from reaching out for the help that you need, this is a great solution. Because it's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it is professional therapy done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available that may not be locally available in many areas. You could get personal counseling, you could get couples counseling, you could get help with a teen. If you need additional help, I would love to have you check out BetterHelp. Go to their website, read their reviews, go to betterhelp.com slash DMA, DMA, that's better help, H-E-L-P, join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And special offer, if you, as a Don't Mom Alone podcast listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash DMA. Well, speaking of personalities, <laughs> good segue. Speaking of personalities, what are you bad at? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, what is your mom kryptonite? Actually, it's not like something you're bad at, but like, what do you struggle to do? Because y'all are great at this, this listening and this just like being a house plant. But what is something that you need your support team to call in? You are like, I am not touching that. That's not mine. I'm not good at that. 
Mm. I'm not patient. Okay. Like I, I'm not patient. I can play patient, but I mean, I am like if somebody's in deep emotional duress, yes, I'm patient in those things. But with like day-to-day stuff, I like to be early. I don't know. I just, I get easily frustrated. So that's not great. And there, so there were times when you're real in those years where you're really trying to teach responsibility, like, you know, middle school, early part of high school, where um, I would be pretty grateful that nobody was like, had a camera pointed at me sometimes. Cause I, listen, I have turned some cars around and some strangers driveways to go back to get something with my teeth clenched. You know, I've left him at home. Um, (laughs) You know, like I'm just so patience has not ever been my superpower. It's easier at this age because he's responsible now. So anyway, and then I like just honestly, I hate planning a birthday party. I've never liked planning a party. There's nothing that stresses me out. Like, so the children's birthday party circuit was never really like my vibe. It was never something I enjoyed. And it's only been like maybe in the last four or five years, I have two friends who are great, like party planners and who live for it and who think about it and who have a theme and like to shop for the paper goods. And so for the last four or five years, I've said, what are we doing for his birthday this year? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What do I need to go buy? I didn't even know how to order balloons. Like. I just don't, I don't like forced merriment. And that's what a kid's birthday party feels like to me. But there are people who do it beautifully. I'm just not one of them. So I've really called in reinforcements on the party planning piece of things. And peace and blessings be unto you, Heather, for the <laughs> fact that you have to do four of those a year. My goodness. You're so sweet. Yeah. My, my but I think that's really smart that you are like, that's not my thing. I don't enjoy it. I don't get joy from that. I don't. I don't enjoy my people that I can. I like when it's over. It's what I like. I love to celebrate the person, but I don't. I listen. I don't. I I think because I'm a person, I don't like a fuss being made over me. I don't want Mm -hmm. anybody to sing happy birthday to me ever. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me sometimes to get outside of that and to think. And listen, Alex Hudson loves for people to sing happy birthday to him. He enjoys being celebrated. So it's been good to have (laughs) people who could help me make that happen in a, in a way that did not render me like in my pajamas by seven o'clock at night after the fact. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. I yeah. mean, I feel it more just like mom's judging how I did it. I had that this last go around with the 16th birthday party. Mm-hmm. I didn't have all the mom's emails. So I didn't do the traditional like Evite where you right. put in the mom's emails. I knew he had their phone numbers of the kids. So we found one you could put in a phone number. So we're texting them an invite and he's like, I don't even have that. So I'll just ask him on snap. And I was like, okay, (laughs) these moms hate me because they don't know like where it is. Are there gifts? Are they eating or not? Like all the things that, you know, and it's been a moment since we've had parties, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Situation here with people and sickness. So Anyway, I felt a little, not that they were judging, but I knew I was doing it wrong, but I didn't know how to fix it. Yeah. And that was stressful. It's stressful. Yeah. Whatever, whatever in, the like, children can handle on the Snapchat, I say more power uh-huh. to them. I was just, how many kids are actually coming? Like, yeah. what are we jogging? That's what I need right. to know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you get an email from a mom saying, Ethan says that there's a party at your oh, house no. on Friday. <laughs> Is this right? Like, cause I've done that before where I'm like, Caroline's like, no. And you're like does the mom know this is happening? Like, I just want to make sure we're not showing up for pizza. And she didn't know that this was even going on. Cause that's right. always out there too. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. No. Yeah. So the mom judgment or like doing it wrong in mom land. I, uh-huh. I feel that sometimes. And so pulling in people that do understand it is smart. Sophie, that's smart. Yeah. Okay. What's your kryptonite? I mean, I think my biggest one is, and this is what I've said. I had to learn early on, like don't text Caroline during the school day. So like in junior high, when she started having fun and saying, how was your, how's your day? Because if she <laughs> says not good, I spiral. Like I, <laughs> I get on that emotional roller coaster, you know, and I, I worry, I can't let it go. Like the rest of my day, I'm like, well, how is she? Is it all going to be okay? And then I would pick her up at four and I would be like, so what happened? And she'd be like, what are you talking about? And you're like, I spent my whole day. Like <laughs> I left because I was worried about you having a bad day and I couldn't enjoy lunch. And she's like, oh yeah, that was in second period when something happened, you know, like it's realizing like, I can't get on that emotional train and like having to stop myself from taking on every emotion she feels because as a teenager, she feels all the emotions. And sometimes I'm like, I have to, and I think as moms, we're always going to get the immediate, this is so terrible. Here's what's happening. And later they're like, no, that was not even a thing, but I've, I've had to learn like my kryptonite is, is I can take on too much of her emotional, whatever, and let it affect my life to an unhealthy degree. So I have to learn to step back and be like, I can't take this on. And that's when I call like my best friend, Gully. And she's like, you know, she just gave you the worst of it. And this is not nearly as bad. And I'm like, that's right. That's a good word. So. And how is that with her not being there every day? (laughs) Honestly, you know what I'm going to tell you? It's good. Like Like it's, and part of it is, is that she's so happy. Like she's doing so well, but like, even yesterday she was texting and she was like, um, cause we Snapchat now that's our new method of communication uh, daily. That's, yeah. I mean, like hourly, like I love that because she told me like the first couple of days I was like, you don't text me back for, and she's like, mom, you've got to Snapchat me. Like, if you want to see pictures of me, if you want to. So I love, because now she'll Snapchat and she's like, I'm in chemistry class or whatever. Um, because that's how she is communicating with everybody. And so I'm just a Snapchat person now, um, <laughs> which is, she's my only person. And I'm so afraid I'm going to send out something wrong on snap, but it's better because like yesterday, she's like, oh my God, I've walked eight miles. It's so hot. I couldn't find this t-shirt. I, the, they're out of scantrons or whatever, but it's being removed from it. I'm like, none of that's my problem. Like God be with you. You know, <laughs> like it just, it feels a little freeing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's funny. It's, it feels like a relief to not have the constant play-by-play a little bit, if that makes sense. Well, it's like, you're getting the play-by-play, but you aren't the one responsible for making it right. That's it. That I can't feels, do anything about yeah, it. That feels mm-hmm. freeing mm-hmm. and that you can stay no. in the loop, but not. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And plus, especially like I told Sophie this yesterday, like after a week of college, Caroline knows more about Texas A&M and being a student than I ever did. Like she has got it. So like yesterday, a whole thing was she couldn't, they were sold out of the scantrons that she needed at the bookstore. And she was like, I can't find them. And I said, well, when do you need them? And she was like next week. And I said, well, why don't you see if you can order them on Amazon? I said, cause I bet you could get them by tomorrow. And she said, I bet Amazon, these are a very certain kind of scantron and Amazon probably doesn't have them. And I was like, are you familiar with Amazon? Because <laughs> kind <laughs> I bet of have they a, do. a big distributor of things, major. I bet they do have these very certain scantrons that you need. But I was like, oh, you're going to have to go find another bookstore. I'm like, not my problem. So you'll figure it out. Bless. So it's a little freeing in, in that way. <sighs> okay. So we're it, there's a whole thing with high school and entering college and new territory 
always, I mean, I feel like I'm constantly, it's the guinea pig kid for me, the oldest, but those toddler and baby years, it's fun now kind of to tell the war stories. So do y'all have a good, I mean, I know y'all have written in books about some of them, but if you like top of mind war story that a mom who's listening, who's in those years right now can have hope that she will get through this. You have survived. I remember one time, I can't remember if Alex was, if he was like 18 months, two and something, I don't know, but he was somewhere in that super willful period, you know, (laughs) and I remember one time we were at church and, you know, you just always kind of hope you can keep it together at church, maybe a little bit. (laughs) I just remember leaving whatever service we were in and he was on my hip and we walked out in the lobby and one of our pastor's wives came up. And we were just kind of talking back and forth and she looked Alex right in the eyes and kind of like leaned in, you know, how you do with people's kids. Sometimes she was going to make a connection and she was like, Alex, you know, how are, how are you today? And he just, he hauled off and just <coughs> slapped her. He just slapped her oh, oh. right across her face, right there in the lobby at church. And I was mortified. But the trick of that is you all, you cannot dress down your toddler in the lobby of the church building. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't have, but it was, it was like hard to know what to do. Cause I was so, I was so sorry, but I needed to, I, it needed to be a teachable moment. Anyway, she was really kind, but I've never forgotten <laughs> it. I mean, I was just, so that was, and that, that's just the kind of the tip of the iceberg. He also slapped somebody one time in party city. I remember that too. So <laughs> Again, it's because I was trying to pull off some party, you know. I have wanted to slap people at Party City. So, yeah, that makes a lot That's of sense. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just like, there's just nothing. They're just so willful and and so like darling. It's the thing. Like, they're just so cute. It's, but God, they have some moments at that stage for sure. Yeah, I think with Caroline, I mean, I'm sitting here and I can like toddler age specifically what I remember is she would this was a constant with her and it was a it was a harbinger of things to come <laughs> is what it was is that when she would we had like a little timeout chair that was this old chair and it would be I kept it in her room and so you know I had read in a book that it was like timeout is a, a really effective way to discipline them and let them know that this behavior is you know not acceptable. So we started like early on like when she was you know like one I would be like you got to go sit in the timeout chair for like one minute or whatever. And I'm telling you from that the time that child could walk to her timeout chair, she would sit in that timeout chair and she would put her head down and she would spit on the floor <laughs> the whole time she was in. And I would see it. And it was that thing of like, what she's saying to me is every bad word that she doesn't know. <laughs> she's calling me a bunch of bad names and she doesn't know how to do that. So she's spitting on the floor. <laughs> and so I kind of like, that was like an ongoing thing till she was I will say I let her do it. And I pretended to ignore it. Cause I was like, this is her way of kind of getting out her anger and her frustration and whatever. And like, you got to roll with it because I was like, it's that hard balance with the toddler where it's like, you want to train them, but you also don't want to break their spirit. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is her exhibiting her spirit and her, <laughs> her anger at the unfairness of this punishment. Um, but golly, I wiped up a lot of piles of spit is what <laughs> I'm going to tell you. She was sitting on the outside, but standing on the inside. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Make me say this cherry. You can't make me like it. No, that's exactly right. Oh man. Well, I know. 
Oh man. Well, I know y'all have a lineage of moms and mother-in-laws that have poured into you and friends. I know you have great friends that have helped you. Is there like advice or ideas that you remember getting from them that stuck with you? You were like, this kind of helped me along. I feel like I've gotten good advice from Melanie. You know, I remember, I mean, Melanie's, I remember Melanie saying when our kids were little, you wanted to have more yeses than no's. I've thought about that Mm -hmm. so many times over the years, like just to have a, let it be a yes whenever, whenever you can, if it's not, you know, some big moral or ethical issue, like, okay, let's, let's, let's roll with the yes, if it makes sense. So I feel like I've thought about that a lot. um, And that has really golly, that's been so helpful with a teenager. I just feel like there's nothing better with a teenager than a yes, you know, and, and a little spontaneity thrown into. And then, you know, I remember when Alex was born, my mama was in the hospital room with me and she was holding him. And I remember her looking at him and saying, he's just the best friend you'll ever have. And I thought it was such a weird thing to say, because of course, every parenting book is, you know, your child is not your friend, your child is not your friend, your child is not your friend. (laughs) And, and of course, I mean, I, you know, my job was to be his mama. It is to be his mama now, but that notion of a, of the friendship to come has really, really stayed with me. I, you know, and I, I think I see glimmers of it now. I see, I actually see a lot of it now. I mean, I think we have a, we have a really strong relationship, but just that notion in the back of my head, the whole time he's been growing up that he's going to be you know, Mm. he may not be the best friend I've ever had. He may not be interested in that level of familiarity with his mom. I doubt he will be, but that notion of I'm not just his mama, I'm building a lifelong relationship here. And that's like, that's your, that that's your like high level goal in the whole situation is that lifelong relationship. So it's, it's been really sweet to think back on that, that mama even thought to say that, you know, when he was a day old, Mm -hmm. I love that. I think for me, there are two, I had two things that have really stood out to me that older moms told me. Um, and one is I did not come up with the say, yeah, you can. Like that was an older mom had told me that. And I, I think that's so true. The, the other was when Caroline was little that she said, if, if she doesn't know you're the boss when she's three, she's not going to know you're the boss when she's 13. And it's too late then, because especially like with boys, they're going to be bigger than you by then. So it's like, you got to start early with the discipline, like, and letting them know, like you are in charge um, and that there are consequences for behavior. And so I think that was one thing that I did. And then the other was, is if you want them to talk to you, you have to start listening when they're really young. Like they need to know that you're listening to them. And that may be, you know, when they're, you know, six and they're wanting to tell you about last night, I had a dream. And what happened was there were candy canes and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Oh my God, like, like stop. Were like, you at is... my house? This <laughs> yeah. You're really trying or like Minecraft. That's a boy. Yes. Like Minecraft or whatever uh, thing they're in. And it's like these words that you're like, I don't even know what language you're speaking right it's now. It's a whole different language. Oh, I don't, I can't pay attention, but I'm supposed to yeah. listen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, you don't have to listen forever. Cause I also think balance and you want to say, Hey, you don't want to be the person at a dinner party telling the story that somebody has given you three. Wow. That's amazing. And they're really telling you to wrap it up. So like mm-hmm. there's a balance, like they need that you're engaged in listening to what's going on in their world, even at an age when it doesn't interest you. Cause I will tell you, they hit about 13 and you're going to be real interested in what's going on in their world. Mm-hmm. And they need to feel like they can talk to you. Um, and so I think that listening 
was always super important. Like I'm, I'm here to listen to what you have to say and what's happening in your world. Cause that matters to me. That's so good. Smart. That's so smart. Look at you. Oh, you that was, there again, I come <laughs> you up say with you that. don't that talk a- about anything. This is a wealth of information and wealth. If you followed Melanie for a while, Big Mama, you know that she does like a Fashion Friday feature on Instagram or on her blog. I think it's from her that I learned about this week's sponsor, Rothy's. And what I loved was they were super cute shoes. They also have bags and they are made sustainably. So they're not they're good for the environment, which feels like I'm winning. And I can wash them in the washing machine, which is awesome for me because I can wear them without socks and not worry when they start getting super stinky that I can smell them like from the ground to my nose. I throw them in the washing machine. They come out looking brand new, smelling great. And then they have a men's line. So for my teen boys who really only want to wear tennis shoes, I can get them a nice looking pair of dress shoes and know that when they get things spilled on them or they start smelling, I can throw them in the washing machine. They last wash after wash. And I love this mom's insight. Laura S. said, knowing that dirt will just wash away makes the white sneaker look possible for this mother of two. I mean, so true. I've always not gotten white sneakers because I'm like, well, they're just going to look dirty within a week. If you want to keep it fresh this summer with washable shoes and bags from Rothy's, even this fall and into the winter, honestly, in Dallas, <laughs> head to rothys.com slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone to find your new favorites today. That is rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash DMA. Okay, so how have y'all stayed sane in this situation of pandemic living or whatever? It feels so Hmm. weird right now. It's like the same in severity, but everyone's doing real regular life. I don't know. I don't know where it is, if it's like that where you are, but it feels like, yeah, let's all go to the football game. No masks. (laughs) It's fine. I'm like, this feels odd. I feel odd. Is it okay to have that birthday party? What am I allowed to do? What am I, should I not do? So how have you all stayed sane and all of that? I I think for me, it's been, well, I mean, last year I was still working at a school where I'd worked for a really long time. So I went, I mean, in August, I went back to work, you know, so it, it was, it was navigating everything in that context. But I think since March of 2020 until now, kind of the, the through line of sanity for me has been anything creative, Mm -hmm. like you know, whether that is writing or podcasting or cooking supper or baking something, or even I think, you know, time to, to get outside and to go on a walk and to kind of take in creation, anything connected to creativity has been life-giving to me, just life-giving. So I think I appreciate those things more than I ever have, because um, it's just, it's been a comfort and it's been a way to process a little bit, all that's been going on. and a way to still feel like there's some measure of being productive, you know, when I think a a lot of people have struggled with like, I don't know, I don't, you know, when everything's been so weird. So my husband's been home since March of 2020 working from home. He's just started going back to the office. He goes two days a week. So our life looks, and, and then I didn't go back to school this year. So our life looks totally different than it did, you know, a year and a half ago. And I think, a lot of people are in that same boat where there's just been a lot of 
a lot of reassessing and a lot of wondering what it looks like to love your neighbor and a lot of figuring out um, how simple things can can kind of reestablish a place of priority in lives that have been really busy. Somebody tw- tweeted a couple of days ago that they would like to live in precedented times. And I thought that's it. Like, We've all been navigating, you know, all you can call it is unprecedented. Yeah. And um, I, for me, the way to not get weary in that and sad and all that stuff has, has been to try to stay connected creatively. And you wrote another book. I told Sophie earlier, Mel, I don't know why you people keep doing this because (laughs) the most ridiculous thing in the world. And I have another one due in April. And what is my life? Why do you people think this is a good idea? But I guess it's the creativity that you love. You're sane because of it. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. Um, Yeah, I did. I wrote a, a second devotional book kind of for young women. So, but I, is this, is, does this look familiar for the, oh, that's the first one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first one. What do you think? Right yeah. How about it? So <laughs> the that. second one I wrote during, during kind of like the end of quarantine. And then as I went back to school last year, but when I started writing it, I was like, every devotion is going to say, so today on my walk, because that's all <laughs> I was doing. Like, so yesterday afternoon, I went for a walk and I really could have called the book things I thought about while I walked. Like it was just along the we, way. We along weren't going anywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, but yeah, yeah. Again, but that was a good creative exercise while I was home a lot and say the name again we'll put it in the show notes oh it's called grace upon grace it comes out at on september 28th right around the corner yeah just around the corner this month okay so what's your sanity saver i mean you were trying to navigate when you and i when i interviewed last with you yeah yeah was before the pandemic yeah and you were already talking about wanting more time with Mm -hmm. And before the senior year was come and then she had a senior year in a pandemic. So, yeah, it was. And I think that's, what's funny is like with the pandemic, like Perry and I laughed about it a lot because really the pandemic didn't really change my day-to-day life very much. Like when you kind of know that you are a homebody, I mean, it was like, I, I was like, well, okay. So I have to wear a mask in the grocery store. I don't really even grocery shop. I get them delivered. <laughs> so it was like, there were so many things where I was like, I mean, he laughed. He was like, you wouldn't even know we were in a pandemic if, <laughs> like it weren't for the news, which is kind of true. Um, so I think for me, most of the navigating was dealing with Caroline's emotions with it all, because it was, it was the end, it started the end of her junior year. And in fact, she said last week, she said, I feel like I went on spring break my junior year and now I'm moving into my college dorm. Like wow. Wow, there was no, so. which is kind of how it was because like, I mean, her senior year is fine. And technically, you know, we're in Texas. So she had in-person school, but because of the way, because she knew what that was going to look like, like she only had like three classes she had to graduate. So in the fall went to school a little bit, but then basically nobody cared if you went online or in person. And she kind of found out real quick that if you went in person, you were going to risk being quarantined if you were exposed. And so she was like, yeah, so I'm just going to stay home. And so she was home a lot. And I mean, there was no homecoming, no bonfire and there was no prom and there was no, which is really sad that those kids were, you know, kind of robbed of those things. Um, So I think that was hard. It was hard to see your kid lose kind of these rite of passages. Like she got to have her senior soccer season, which was most important to her. And so we were so happy for 
but there were no team dinners. There were no, you know, celebrations. So kind of all these rites of passage she didn't get. It's kind of, so it's kind of helping her through that, which is just like, you know what, this is what it is. And my whole thing. And so will say like, I'm, I'm just, I'm opposed to a victim mentality in any way, shape or form. I'm like, we are not going to be a victim of this. So we're going to make the best of it. And it is what it is and um, kind of keeping her spirits up. But I think that's part of why the pandemic did two things for me. Number one, when I sent her off to college, I was like, you know what? We've spent more time together in the last two years than I could have ever dreamed because she was home so much more than she would have been home otherwise. And number two, because she had been so locked down and there were so many things that she didn't get to do, like seeing her get to go off to college and do all the things. Like I really have not been sad. Like I miss her, but I'm like, God, this is, I'm so glad she's, I mean, doing all the stuff and doing all the social stuff and, and God bless Texas A&M for basically saying we're wide open. Like we're doing it all midnight. yell, You got it. Like, you know, yell practice, you got it. So I, you know, football games, they're happening. So, um, that's been a real gift to me to get to see, get to soar. So, oh man. Okay. So now as you are reflecting back on all the things what are some things you let go of the mom guilt for? Like, have you ever, have you carried some mom guilt? Like, uh, I did mess that up, but now you're like, it's okay. (laughs) It wasn't that big a deal. You know, I don't know what it says about me. I've never been much of a mom guilt person. I, I maybe had a little bit when, like when Alex was in elementary school and I was working at the high school where I worked you know, I could never like pop over for lunches and that kind of stuff. And I would, I would always kind of have like, eh, you know, but then when he was in seventh grade, he came to the campus where I worked and started going to school there. So we just really had an inordinate amount of time together um, in terms of seeing each other every day. And he and his friends would come and eat lunch in my office and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I just, Melanie can, can tell me if I'm, if I'm not remembering this correctly. <laughs> but I just, I don't feel like, I don't feel like mom guilt has been that big of a thing for me. And I can't really even tell you why. Maybe just because I, I generally think everybody's just doing the best they can. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're just doing the best they can, given the time and the resources and the energy that they have. And so I've, I've just, I've tried to do the best I could and, but nobody can be perfect and nobody can do it all. And nobody can be there for everything. And so maybe I just, I, I haven't put a lot of unreasonable expectations maybe on myself as a mom. And maybe I just didn't think about it enough. Maybe if I really considered it, I could feel a lot of guilt now. I could really feel a lot of delayed guilt. Can we about- add some now? Let's think of some things. <laughs> yeah. What did you mess up on that I could add not, layers? Uh-huh. Guilt? It's, it's not that I, and it, listen, it is not that I didn't mess up. I've messed up plenty, but I just, I don't think I ever had the, the perception that I wouldn't, you know, like I've kind of known, I don't know if that's part of that's that I was a teacher for so long and, and, you know, had just watched kids and parents kind of, you know, occasionally misfire on things. I don't know, but that's not a great answer. I'm just, just, no, it is a great answer. I think you gave yourself grace. You gave yourself grace to make mistakes. And you, I think also the fact that y'all have that perspective, like you are, nearing the end of seeing them becoming adults that you kind of are letting go of what maybe if you have a two-year-old, you're like feeling guilt that you didn't sign up for soccer at 18 months, but you don't have the perspective that like, it did matter. It didn't matter. I don't know. I feel like you have, you have perspective that it didn't matter. Those things didn't matter. 
Yeah. Or just, it just works out like it's like it's supposed to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Again, though, I am not, (laughs) Melanie knows I process everything in the rear view mirror. Okay. So Mm -hmm. it it may be that Alex goes to college and I need two weeks away (laughs) with all the stuff that I feel bad about, but as much as we, you know, I've just, I, I don't know, just tried to do the best I could given the circumstances I was in. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I've heard some people say that as you get close to them going off to college, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I never taught them to whatever. Right. And I've heard and people like, say like, oh, I didn't, we didn't take enough, we didn't take enough trips. We didn't go on enough yeah. vacations. Mm-hmm. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't, we, you know, we didn't do family worship, mm-hmm. um, whatever, you know, and I don't know. There's a, so there's a lot we didn't do, but he's fine. I mean, mm-hmm. he's great. I'm also yeah. the third child of, of like, I'm, I have a brother who's 10 years older than I am and a sister who's 14 years older than I am. So my parents, by the time they raised me, they were, listen, it the seventies, <laughs> they were done. And so I think that strategy affected a lot how I parent, which is like, I don't know, just everything's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah. I'm kind of Sophie and I, that's a similar, I feel like personality trait in us. So I don't know if that's a nine, but I was like, I just, I never felt a lot of guilt. I mean, like when she was a toddler, especially like during those years, I might feel kind of bad where I was like short with her, or you know, like I wish I hadn't lost my temper, you know, or gotten mad or whatever. But then you realize like the next day they don't remember like, <laughs> no, like, why am I? I mean, you know, their kids are so forgiving. And I think, you know, Caroline said to Perry and I, which was such, see, this is what I'm going to tear up, but like, the, which was such a gift the last week she was home. And she, like one night we were talking, she just said, you and dad did a really good job. Like, I really appreciate the way y'all raised me. And I thought, you know what? We were not perfect. There were times we yelled too much. We didn't do a lot of fancy vacations. That child's never been to Disney world. I mean, like, <laughs> Neither has Alice. Yeah, that's she's <laughs> never been. And yet it's all fine. And you realize like we put all these expectations of how, the way we think it's supposed to look. And then you've got the social media pressure of like, well, everybody's gone to Disney World except for us or whatever. And I'm like, what kids remember at the end, I thought, here's what I think Caroline would tell you she remembers, that she was loved beyond measure and up. like we were, we were her safe space. We were her biggest fans. And that's it. I mean, because she's not like, remember when you were three and I was at the zoo and you told me the snake house was closed and I didn't get to go see the snakes. They don't remember. Like, so it's, you just have to let so much of it go. Cause my best friend Gully says this all the time. She, if you were a bad mom, you wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about if you were a bad mom, like bad moms don't sit and think about like, did I handle that? Right. Did I? So the fact that you're feeling that guilt is like, no, you, you love your child. You're showing up, you're trying to do all the right things. And, and you just have to trust that God's grace covers the rest of it because there are going to be things you get wrong and that's yeah. just the way it is. So I think it's good to, you to remember that you're a mom, you're not a curator of, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, moments. Yeah. moments and events. Like there is not one reason why um, or, or there's no reason to feel guilty because you have not curated some perfect childhood experience. And again, I think that's a gift of growing up in the seventies and the eighties, <laughs> you know, I mean, Melanie, we've talked about this before. Yeah. I would ride my bike to my friend's house. She lived about four miles away. I had to cross a highway on my bike. <laughs> Nobody cared. And, 
you know, it's I like just, when you watch Stranger Things in the first season, they commented, they're like, where were the parents? Yeah. Besides crazy mom with get... the lights. Like, where yeah. were all the other parents? They were just gone. Yeah. No, yeah. But that was but I, real. Think, I think so much of the guilt sometimes comes from seeing what appears at least you know, on social media, it can appear like, well, God, let, those children are crafting so beautifully, <laughs> you know, and look at the succulents that surround their paintbrushes. And it's it just, it all, it looks, it all looks so beautiful in a yeah. picture, but real life is messy mm-hmm. and your kids are getting a real life, which to me is, is way more valuable than having uh, something that just looks beautiful. Right. So I think real life, Trump's the curation every single time. Amen to that. Drop the mic, Sophie. Mm-hmm. Drop it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know we're, our time is closing, ladies, but there, are, I'm sure you get this question. I know there are moms that listen. They've reached out to me where um, with the number of children. Okay. And I know you each have an only child and I love that God puts you all together and you have each other. And I've loved watching Mel, how you and Gully and your kids, you know, have vacation together. Now they're in them together. Anyway, all the things. But I know like sometimes they ask me is sometimes it's a choice and sometimes it's not. And so you don't have to answer that one way or the other, whether you chose to have an only child or not. But kind of encourage the mom if that is her story or where she is or whether it was her choice or not her choice on your journey like the positives of that? You know, I, I have a, a vivid memory of being with a friend of mine. And at the time we, we each had like a two-year-old or a three-year-old and um, we were in the bookstore together, kids were little, and we were talking about whether or not we would have a second child. And at the time she was wanting to have a second child. And um, I was like, I just don't know. And she said, here's the thing. Every family is a perfect family. Melanie's heard me say that a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Every family is a perfect family. And listen, that that didn't stick with me. I mean, it stuck with me like crazy. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't, we just had a, a, the, the way sort of life played out for us made a second child, a thing we were kind of unsure of for four or five years. And then by the time we sort of circled back around to it, um, I was pushing 40 and, um, and we were just really content with Alex. And so I would just say every family is a perfect family and it doesn't have to look like what you think everybody else's looks like. And so what has been a beautiful thing for us has been that we have sort of grafted in with two other families. One of those families has an only child, uh, the other family, they have two children, but we, um, this, the adults, we've been in small group together now since our kids were in sixth grade. And so I feel like we've been a part of this like big family unit. And I think that even if your, you know, your family in your house is a small one, we're all part of a bigger family. We just have to live that way. And so that's been a great thing, but listen, I've, I have no regrets about the one child thing. Melanie, I talk about this all the time. It's been such a such a sweet spot for us. And I'm so grateful that I've gotten to enjoy families that have more kids. Like that's the thing. I think we have this comparison thing we do. Where we say, well, my family doesn't look like that family. Well, why not enjoy that family? Yep. Why not let that family enjoy your family? And, and I know that's a little like, maybe, maybe that's idealistic. I don't know, but I'm a golly. I'm so grateful to have gotten to enjoy so many families other than just the ones that I that I live with. 
I don't know. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like the ultimate don't mom alone. Like you're, you're just like creating your community. And that's what I see in the families that are around us with only children is I'm kind of jealous because they get to like, (laughs) people invite them over for dinner because that's not intimidating. Four boys is (laughs) What are they going to do to the drapes? They don't even know how to use a tablecloth. <laughs> Pull it like a magic trick. You don't That's get right. invited very many times if oh. you bring four boys over. So yeah, no, there's a gift of walking alongside and finding your people. That's good. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. And I think that, I mean, I've always heard friends are the families that you get to choose. Like, and I mm. love that because I'm like, that's a, and I I don't think I came up with that, but that's just, but it is so true. And I mean, I look at like Gully and especially now that her oldest Jackson and Caroline are at A&M and it has been the sweetest thing because I think they've seen each other just about every day. They're going to their first football game together this weekend. And like, that's so special that they've got that relationship. Um, And there were years when they were in high school, when they weren't as close, because I think those are years it gets kind of awkward. You know, you just don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, but to see that come kind of full circle to well, where now she knows, like she's got that big brother figure um, there. But yeah, for me, it's funny because I really thought after she goes off to college, am I going to wish that I had a younger one at home? And I don't like, because you kind of go, you know what, you still, then that's just another one you're going to have to pack up and say goodbye to. And so <laughs> it delays it temporarily, but at some point the emptiness thing is coming. And I think you just have to trust that, you know, I mean, I think I get more emails about the only child thing than anything else. And for us, it's a choice. It's a choice that actually, I think I felt more and more comfortable with the older she got um, where I was like, Oh, this really was the right decision for our family. Like God and his wisdom knew that was going to be best for my personality and for our family long before I did when I was still questioning. Cause I think, especially when your kids are younger, cause everybody around you is still like, babies. And so when, with each friend that would get pregnant, I'd be like, should I get pregnant again? You know, but I just, I look and go, that's so great for them. But I think God knows what you can handle. He knows what you're equipped for. He knows the child that you're going to, and you just, you have to trust in that and don't let anybody make you feel bad. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's your choice. And raising a child is a huge emotional and spiritual and financial responsibility. And so don't do that for your mother-in-law or other people that have a perception that you should have more than one. That's your business. So wise words. Hashtag that's your business. That's your business. business. (laughs) Every family is a perfect family. Y'all just throwing them out there. (laughs) Every family is a perfect family. I I, I, I I feel like I have, I've seen that play out over and over and over again, you know, and I don't know. I think we can put so much pressure on ourselves that we don't enjoy what we have, you know, where we are because we're so busy looking down the road. And so um, it was a really sweet thing to remember over and over again, because I was like, Mel, you know, suddenly people would have two children and three children and four children. And you're like, (laughs) but um, you can, you can either tell yourself that you don't fit in and you're left out, or you can jump in there with them and give your kid, your kid, if you have one, the gift of community. And I'm so grateful for that. It was really a, a, a kind of a transforming thing for us. So to be able to jump in with those other families. Amazing. Amazing. See, Bruce and I just said when we were dating that we were going to have four kids and we felt like we'd made a promise or something. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends, when I was pregnant with a third and she's like, are you gonna have another one? I was like, well, we said we'd have four. Listen, like, you know, you don't have to do it just because you said like, this isn't written in concrete somewhere. 
And I think life throws you curveballs. I mean, you know, I think part of my whole thing was before I had Caroline, I had a really hard, difficult miscarriage situation. And that was, and I lived in so much that when I got pregnant with her, there was such a gratitude for this like baby that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to have that. I'm like that whole perspective on the whole thing again, like where I was like, mm, I don't, I don't, I don't take pregnancy for granted or lightly or whatever, which is before, you know, it was just like, well, you just have however many kids you're supposed to have. And then you right. see friends that struggle with infertility and different things. And you're like, you know, at some point you're like, God, God gives you what you're supposed to have. I, I really do believe that. It's a good word. It's a good word. Y'all are amazing. Thank you for having me. Thanks, out Heather. Oh, thanks. It's been so fun. Right. I really do feel like they they told me, oh, we don't have wisdom to share. You know, they like to talk about football and their products. And I think they are so wise and just how they approach parenting. I took so much of their advice this week, and especially since my oldest uh, got his driver's license. And I just really needed to, um, you know, chill out a little bit. Uh, be a houseplant a little more with my just-turned-14-year-old. There's lots of teenage angst going on in my house, and so I'm learning from Sophie and Mel. I so appreciate their insight and wisdom. Definitely check out Sophie's Grace Upon Grace book if you have girls trusting God no matter what. I mean, right now, don't we all need (laughs) to be reminded of that? I think I wrote that in my uh, write the word journal this week is just really trusting God. Do I trust him? And why don't I? I've talked about that even with that interview with Jackie Hill Perry. So I am going to pray for us. And then I have just a couple announcements related to my book. All right. Lord, I thank you that you made each mom so unique. I thank you that you made each family perfect. And that we can trust you in all of that, that we don't have to compare and contrast and feel less than. I thank you for just the confidence that Mel and Sophie can bring to us as you have placed us in families that you know. I pray for the mom listening who is feeling a little out of sorts because they don't know um, if they should have more kids. And I pray for the mommy who's listening and really struggling with how to parent their child well and to understand how they're wired. I pray, Lord, that you would give us insight and discernment and wisdom to do what you have created us to do and to drop the guilt and to pursue you most. Um, I thank you for how you give us eyes to see what we need to see and ways to trust you more. You even give us your spirit for us to lean on to believe you and to increase our faith. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this episode's coming out September 14th. And for those who've pre-ordered the book and gone to don'tmomalone.com forward slash book and filled out, there's a little form there to get pre-order goodies, including a free copy of the audiobook. Those emails also include little 10-minute sneak peek pep talks with me and Courtney Cleveland, where I show share little bits from the book for the next few weeks. Also included in that is an invite to the launch team. And my launch team, like gurus, the gals running it, 
really want me to kind of close that off September 15th so they can just talk to the launch team and get all the information to the launch team. We currently have about 100 gals there. I'd love more. If you want to help us out, basically you'd get an early copy of the book, a digital copy. You would help us by leaving reviews. Um, You would also help us by sharing some graphics. And we're just going to have some fun giveaways. I'll be on there live to do a QA and a uh, here or there. And um, I just would love for you to be a part of that. One of the giveaways is a weekend in Dallas with one of your girlfriends. So if you want access to something like that where you we could hang out, you need to go pre-order a book. You need to go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash book and fill out that form and then you'll get the info you need. But the launch team is closing. So I don't want you to miss out on that if that's something that you want to do. Go check it out over at don'tmomalone.com forward slash book. So thankful for y'all. Thank you for sharing episodes you love on Instagram and with your friends. Really, that's the only way this show has ever grown. There's so many shows out there. There's so many shows. And if you have enjoyed today or other episodes, I love when you share. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And tag me at Don't Mom Alone on Instagram. All right. You'll have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.